about that cigar? How about that cigar? <laughs> you do the crazy voice for like for the last three weeks. I know. I might just. <laughs> no, I love it. It mixes it up a little bit. I might do that. <laughs> kind of like a, the Simpsons. Pick a different voice every, a different intro voice. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Guys, uh, we are so glad that you're with us tonight. It is episode number sixty of How About That Cigar. It's a big milestone for us. We're so excited that you're here. As always, if you're watching right now, share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. We we really appreciate it if you take just a second to do that. We want as many people watching as possible so that we can uh, you know, all hang out together tonight, smoke cigars, drink drinks, and have some great conversation. As always, guys, we are coming to you live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and they want to tell you about the yearly seasonal release of the... Drew Estate Flying Pig Vitolas, including the Liga Pravada Number no. 9, the Liga Pravada T52, Undercrown Maduro, Shade and Sun Grown, and Kentucky Fire Cured. The Kentucky Fire Cured Flying Pig has tobacco grown and fire cured in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. The Undercrown Maduro Flying Pig fe- features a Mexican San, Andre- San Andreas Maduro wrapper. I can't talk to that. Are, are you all right? The Undercrown Shade Flying Pig with an Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade wrapper. Undercrown Sun Grown Flying Pig with a Sun Grown Sumatra wrapper. And, of course, the Liga Pravada Number no. 9 has Connecticut Broadleaf. And the Liga Pravada T52 has a Connecticut River Stock Cut and Sun Cured Habano wrapper. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. So I'm going to try to get all this untangled because apparently I can't make words tonight. Uh, public school was good public to Public school was good to me. Yeah. Uh, that was a long time ago, though. So so gradually, guys, if you're watching and listening along you know, with us here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. things are starting to open up again, little by little, depending on where you live. You know, we want, you know, you guys to obviously stay safe and, and all that. But, you know, as things start to open up again, just for myself, uh, over the weekend on Saturday, I did a little North Metro tour in the Minneapolis area, and I went mm-hmm. to three shops, and I just picked out a handful of cigars from those shops. You know, as as I've been wanting to support these shops during all this, uh, and it's nice to be able to. Although the lounges are still closed, you can't buy a cigar and sit down and, and you know smoke it in the shop at the lounge, but you can actually walk into the humidor yourself. And pick out the cigars that you want, uh, you know. And it's nice to say hello to the people in the shops again. And you know, there's something about being in the humidor. That walk-in humidor at your favorite shop. You walk through there, you mm. pick out the sticks that you know that you enjoy. Maybe you see one or two that you haven't tried before. So get out there as always, like we've been talking about for for the last couple months. Get out there and support your local businesses, yep. whether it's cigar shops or you know whatever it is. If they're starting to open up. You know, give them uh, give them the business that they really need right now. A hundred percent. Yeah, we gotta we gotta support them, and yeah. uh, and I think that you know helps whether you're in a state that is completely opened up or you're in a state that's still on lockdown or somewhere in between. Uh, find a way to support your local lounge. It's uh, it's really important. Yeah. Um, so sports wise, I mean, we talk a little bit about sports at the beginning of every show. Obviously, sports is pretty much a no go right mm-hmm. now. Twins are still undefeated. Twins are still undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. So I took a little bit of a risk. Um, I think it's worth it, but we'll see. Uh, so I actually bought some NFL tickets for the, uh, uh, November 22nd game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are playing the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, and I bought some tickets for my brothers and I to go. Ooh. We'll see. You know, it's a little bit of a risk, but 
you know, the, uh, I'll say this, the tickets were cheap, you know, <laughs> so maybe the game will happen. Maybe it won't, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it would be a great, ex- my brothers and I have wanted for years to go together to an NFL game and we're finally going to try it in the midst of all this wacko-ness that's going on in the world. I wonder if these guys are getting unemployment because they're not getting the ticket sales and they get like a, they get like a, a deposit of $20,000 plus the 600, like that extra oh, 600. The, the players. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they get that little, that little extra six, that little you know? bump. <laughs> yeah. Really helps out. It does help out. You know, yeah. they, they need it. So I don't know. It's, it's uh it's a crazy time we live in, but you know, like we said, Stay involved in the cigar community, you know, whether it's having herfs online together with your cameras and your computers or going to your cigar shops as they start to open up again. Stay involved in the cigar community because, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, we just have to keep this, you know, this culture alive because it's it's important to all of us. So uh, but guys, as always, we have some fantastic special guests on the show tonight. And as always, those guests are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest-to-use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world, of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more information on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. And without further ado, I just don't want to wait anymore. I can't wait anymore. I want to bring in our special guest from Casa Cueva Cigars. Please welcome to the show, Luis and Denise Cuevas. Welcome to How About That Cigar Live. Good to be with you guys. How are you guys? We are good. So we had, yeah, we had a little bit of a, you know, technical issue. It's all squared away. It's all good. You guys are with us on the show. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Are you kidding? Thank you so much. That looks like a that looks like a brand new smoking lounge that you're in. <laughs> this is uh, this is a uh, well, this is born of circumstance, right? So um, <laughs> yeah, no, on the outside, Wi-Fi was terrible. Went to the other side, Wi-Fi was terrible, and we came inside where I can't normally smoke. But she's making are. an exception today, and uh, this is a blessing. I'm, I'm smoking inside my house. Wow, you know this is so cool. <laughs> well, we thank you for it. Yeah, we thank you for the sacrifice, and uh, <laughs> we we want we just want to make sure that that Denise remembers this is not our fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll, blame, we'll blame this on technology. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Truly. Okay. But we'll also we'll also call it a little blessing in disguise that you get to sit in the comfort of the air conditioning while while enjoying a fine cigar. Absolutely. 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 If, the heck out of you. if uh if if she kills him for this does his death go down as covid it might i think it does that's a good question technically yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so guys we're you know like we said we we are we're excited we've been you know talking about you know getting getting you on the show for for a while and it's 
this is one of the things that Garrett and I have talked about a lot on the show with, with some other people is that the, the family aspect of this industry, I think is so important for, and, and it's important, I think for a lot of reasons. Uh, and it's one of the things that I think there, there might be a lot of premium cigar consumers who, who either don't know at all, or sometimes maybe lose sight of the family aspect of this industry. Mm-hmm. And the, the Cuevas name in premium tobacco you know, there is a lot of history behind that name in premium tobacco, even though the, the brand name of, of, of Casa Cuevas may not be, um, may not have as, as much history behind it. The family name definitely does. And it's, it's something that when I started watching other interviews and learning more about you and your family and the history behind it, I was, I was just fascinated. And so give us a little bit of a, of, of a, of a history course on, you know, the, the Cuevas name when it comes to premium tobacco uh, and and how that led into where things are today. Well, the uh, and, and I've gone over this, and, and those of you who have heard the story, I, I apologize. I'll try to do the Reader's Digest version of, of this war and peace story. But great-grandfather leaves Spain. He's, I think, actually I had this conversation with my dad yesterday. He was 15 years old, goes to Cuba, Pinar de Rio. He was a farmer by trade in Spain, winds up in Adorio and I'm familiar with the island. Uh, it's the westernmost portion of the island, tippy-tip westernmost portion, tobacco country. Because a tobacco farmer, does well. Grandfather takes it over, does very well. And then everything gets confiscated in 59 by, uh, by Castro. Um, we leave uh, along with my brother, my, my, my uncles and my aunts, in 1969, 68, 67, up to 70, everybody winds up taking off. And then um, in the early 80s, my uh, uncle, one of my dad's brothers, there's five brothers, five sisters, decided that he wants to go to the Dominican Republic and start a manufacturing aspect of the. Remember, again, they were tobacco farmers. So they started doing both in tandem, growing tobacco. And the factory, my dad was running a company here at that time. And uh, I would spend my summers there, but he was essentially investing in it. And in 97, when the boom was really going on, my dad went 100% in with my uncle. And uh, they, they thrived and they did very well. And uh, by 2006, 2007, he and my uncle go separate ways. And in 2009, I, uh, I'm an only child. I visited my father. My dad was about to come back to the States. And I said, listen, uh, I'd like to be a part of this because it's kind of a shame that four generations into it, things are going well. And I know you and, and uncle went your separate ways, but I think we could do this. So uh, we did. And uh, I went in 100% in 2009. Uh, but I, I remember I flew back. It was for one evening. I went to go see my dad. I had to come back because I had to work the next day. And I told her we're going to take all of our savings and we're going to pour them into this because my dad does nothing uh, – if you don't have skin in the game, right? So I had to, I had to buy a portion of this. We're talking papers drawn up, contracts, the whole nine. Again, I'm an only child, right? And I, and I went to law school, so I know by virtue of everything they've signed, it's all mine anyway, but still, we had to do this. So we did it. Um, fine. 2016 rolls around, and the FDA says, you got to come out with your own brand now or never do it, right? That was the... Uh, that was essentially the guillotine hanging over everybody. And so we launched 
And I waited that long to do anything because I didn't know how to launch a brand. I'm still learning how to launch a brand. It's very, very tough to do. It's competitive uh, and it, it takes a lot of resources. It's not easy. So hats off to folks that have done it without a factory. But even with a factory, it's really hard. But it was something we really wanted to do. We wanted to do for a long time. And, and we did. So uh, three years, April, mid-COVID, we hit our third year anniversary. Um, and the first of April, as a matter of fact, was my grandmother's birthday. And uh, here we are ever since. So, you know, moving forward, doing the best we can. But with me, it's four generations. Um, my son, who is director of operations, is a full-time student, but he helps us out. Constantly travels with me all the time. He, he does a lot of the stuff in the office is fifth generation. And Denise by proxy, I guess, is first generation Ponce. And that's her last maiden last name. And by proxy, fourth generation, because she's with me, I guess. I don't know. And, uh, and so here we are. So, yeah, it's a, a family endeavor through and through. From yeah. uh, my son being part of it, my dad being part of it, my grandfather and my great-grandfather sort of creating and setting the uh, – and even my uncle, whom I love, uh, notwithstanding the issues between him and my dad, that's on them. I, I adore my uncle, Sergio. Um, again, that's it's it's a very much a family endeavor, and, and we're proud to be a part of it. Uh, yeah. And here we are. And here we are. And, you know, one thing that's that we've actually asked a lot recently, just because, you know, this, this is the situation that we all find ourselves in, this – you know, this quarantine kind of situation. Um, and this is for each of you. And Denise, I want to start with you. What What is the thing that you can say that you miss the most during this quarantine time that you're just not able to do because of it, the quarantine? Um, watch my chick flicks. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I miss watching my chick, chick flicks. Well, why can't you do that? Because you don't let me. But... <laughs> And I have to say, you know, since he won't watch them, and the reason for that is because most of the time he traveled so much that I had a lot of time to do, you know, just figure it out, you know, and now he's home all the time and yeah. actually enjoy being with him. So I don't watch what I normally watch because I, I actually like being with this guy. So, so we, not. we watch Peaky Blinders and yeah, stuff, yeah, and stuff we like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask him to watch it with me, but he'll say, yeah, no, maybe we'll watch some, some other time. And and then we never, That's a good we never watch it. <laughs> I didn't expect that answer. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, we're going to have a Dr. Phil moment at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking about doing a show of quarantine world. Let's see what happens. With yeah. that. <laughs> Love it. So, so Luis, what do you miss the most about, uh, you know, just being sort of, because uh, uh, like you said, you're used to traveling a lot and visiting with, with your customers. So what, you know, is that, is that a part of it for you? Is there, or is there oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is so, uh, this is such a business. So, so built on, on handshakes and, and getting to know people and meeting people that, I miss that a lot. And though we're doing this, it's still not the same. And, and ultimately, yeah. uh, I, I, remember I, I got a couple of orders today from a couple of shops um, in, in other states. And it was, hey, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing you again, visiting, you know, having you visit us again. I miss that a lot. From a personal perspective, I, and this is going to sound really vain, right? But I, I miss being able to 
maybe take a weekend trip with my family and, and go somewhere. Uh, yes. I miss going to uh, a brunch on a Sunday after church with my family. I, I, that I miss. Now, I have the family here. Don't get me wrong. Everybody's here. The kids are college kids, and they're here. Uh, my, my parents are about a block and a half away down the street. My dad's here, and he's not at the factory. He's here right now. But um, it's, it's not quite the same, so that freedom. But from a business perspective, hell yeah, I, I miss getting on the plane and, and getting mm-hmm. to know people and shaking hands and meeting you guys. Maybe being in-house in studio with you guys in, in Minnesota, that would have been cool as hell. I've never oh, been there. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that would be really neat. And, and it will happen, right? This too shall pass. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's the thing I miss the most. This has really moved on that. It's moved on you getting to know me, me getting to know you as a patron I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, or, or a shop owner. And you're saying, okay, you know what? I like the guy. I like the family. I'm going to give the cigars a shot. They got to stand on their own. Don't get me wrong. They got to be good. But they are good. And then what the icing on the cake is getting to know the individuals. And, um, hell, I mean, I, I've made friends in shops. Literally, I've made friends in shops, and, and they know who they are out there. And we share emails together. We'll text each other. And I've met them at events. Uh, these are not people that I hung out with all my life or that, you know, I got introduced by somebody else. I just met them at a shop. We have stuff in common. And, and again, I want to be clear. They're not asking me for free stuff. That's not the point. The point is they become friends. How's your family? Yeah, happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, that kind of nonsense. And it's it's really cool. So yeah. this is a very unique industry. I I, I can't think of any I, – I really, I, um, even, even even cigar shops are very unique in that way. I bring this up a lot where you, you go to a shop and you're sitting and everybody's talking to each other. It's usually a handshake as people step into the shop and get to know somebody else and everybody shakes everybody's hands. Everybody's friendly. And the guy next to you may be a retired bazillionaire and the other guy may be a dishwasher. But yeah. here we are with the one commonality, which is this. Yep. And again, I can't think of any other industry that does that. Really, I can't. If somebody can, please let me know. Yep. And speaking of this, let's uh, give everybody a, a run through of what we're smoking tonight. Yeah. Um, I am smoking the uh, Maduro Toro from the core line. Correct. And Matt, what you've got. And I have the it's not focusing because it wants to focus on my pretty face for some reason and by pretty i mean the other thing so the uh yeah the dominican selection so this uh this is i assume this is an ecuadorian connecticut wrapper that is correct yeah it's so this is my first time with this cigar so garrett garrett gave me a couple uh of the other um uh casa cueva cigars a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. i think it was and this one it's my, it's my first time with this one right now, and it is it is buttery and smooth, and the retro hail is like butterscotch. It's I love it. It's very 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 nice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's a very special cigar. How about you guys? What are you smoking? Uh, go ahead, baby. Well, I'm smoking what you're smoking because I have the, the oh yeah also. Um, just, I don't have, I, I'm actually, I think I have a Toro here. Oh, I don't know anymore because it's gone, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a Toro. <laughs> yeah. And I happen to be smoking the same one. I mean, we're down way beyond the band at this point because we started before we even started the show. So yeah, yeah. Uh, there's other stuff to smoke. So I grabbed right. a couple of those. I've been kind of judicious about what I, uh, what I bring home because we are, um, because of this whole thing, 
receiving product for my warehouse has become a, a difficult task. Oh, so yeah. I, what I have a bit more of, and I happen to have a little bit more of these than I do of some of the other stuff. So we're kind of being careful on not leaving. And we're still on back order anyway you look at it because the circumstances are what they are. I mean, the factory now started up and running, but uh, getting getting stuff over here, meaning cigars over here in Miami has been a, a challenge. It's been yeah. a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, we uh, we do have some viewers that are uh, smoking some Casa Cuevas with us as well. Yes. Uh, Joseph, is uh, he's smoking uh, what you guys are smoking. Yeah, the Natural Reserva. Hey, Joe, what's up? <laughs> Joe, Joe's great. Joe's yeah. great. And Joe, thank you. I always thank him. Joe's a firefighter. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so, Denise, I want to go back to you and talk about your origin into cigars and see we're thinking alike because i was literally going to ask the same thing oh so were do you it, do it do it do i it. love it um i want to know i mean so much and probably more than we have time um on the show for. this is the dr phil moment <laughs> you marry into this cigar family so that's one part you have your part in that and and then you've got your global part of your family and their reaction to that I just want to know a little bit about that origin and, and how that transpired. And Well, when, so we've, Lewis and I have been smoking cigars since, since like 97. So we've been smoking cigars for a while. Um, my parents are super cool about it. Um, you know, my mom, she's like a vape smoker, you know, so, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's, kind of strange for us is that, or at least for me, is that nobody in my family uh, really smokes cigars as far as where I'm from. I'm from Chile. And so mm. Americans don't really partake in that as much as you would like them to. Which is interesting. You know? Um, yeah. So as far as living here, Miami, we grew up with the culture, you know, you always had someone, we'd go to Domino Park, you'd see some people smoking and you'd smell it all the time. You know, it's just part of living here in Miami. It's very, very, you know, um, common, right? Uh, my, my brother, he's an avid cigar smoker. He smokes everything. He has like four humidors in the house, you know? So it's interesting because both my brother and I are, are big smokers. Um, my dad smoke, um, he did once, and uh, that was terrible. He he got really <laughs> sick on it, uh, and literally took our the screen from our our door, our backyard door, running trying to get to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> true story. So he, la sick. he landed on his face. He, he inhaled the so entire sick. thing, and he was yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Smoker. So here we go. Ninety-seven. We're in our house. I'm getting a cigar. Let's sit outside. It's relaxing. It's a way for us to like just, you know, talk and stuff like that. And my father's just smoking and smoking and smoking. He smoked the whole cigar, but he was green when he left. <laughs> <laughs> he fell on the floor. Sure. It was just terrible. He went to the bathroom. He threw up. It was all of that. Um, you know, and my mother, you know, she's, she's a regular cigarette smoker. And then now she's changing to like, like I said, vape and stuff like that. But, um, as far as we're concerned, as far as I'm concerned, we weren't very privy to all of this cigar smoking or any of that, uh, being married to Lewis, we, we've been married for 25 years. 
So I kind of, we started smoking, like I said, in 97. So from that point on, it's always been part of our lives. And my parents are just kind of cool with it, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then my brother smokes. And so, yeah, you know, it's just part of what we do now. And, um, and they're really good with it. And I don't really travel with Lewis. I'm mostly home, you know? Um, and I don't, but I do miss going to lounges here in Miami and, seeing our friends in the lounges. And I mean, we would spend, we literally go to restaurants and we just find places in restaurants where we can sit outside and have a cigar. cigar. You know, that's like our thing. So just part of our culture here in Miami, um, it's part of what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty, again, the South American thing really doesn't buy into a lot of the cigars. So, I guess it's it's strange for me to be doing which, it. Which I've always found interesting, right? You, see, you take a country, we talked about this, like Chile, and uh, in, in South America, I guess my wife's Chilean, but, but Chile is a very solid country in terms of finances, economics, and, and they're yeah. very prosperous and everything else. Um, uh, and, and cigars just not, not a big part not of what they are. Not, and, and, and you would think it would go with wine. And the seafood, it's an entire coastal country. The whole thing is a co- big coast. Um, but it's not. Argentina's not. Uh, I mean, it's just not part Colombia's of the not really one. Thing. It's yeah. just not. Venezuela's yeah. really not. It's a disaster. But yeah. aside from that, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know why. I don't know why it doesn't really permeate there, but it'll permeate in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Central America, you got Nicaragua and whatnot. But, uh, well, and it's, it's interesting because we've talked about this a little bit. Even even in the United States, even when you get you know to the intercontinental part of the United States, if you go back, if you go back even a hundred years, uh, especially a hundred and fifty years, every every town pretty much, whether it, it was Wisconsin or New York or New Jersey or you know Indiana, anywhere, ev- pretty much every town, if if it had any kind of population whatsoever. They had a little cigar factory somewhere that would make cigars. And I've seen, uh, even in this little diner in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, there are photographs on the wall from the local historical society. And there are pictures of the cigar factory that, that was right down the road, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, rolling cigars back in 1918, 1920. And, wow. and that was really true all over the place. And just gradually over time, uh, you know, uh, s- s- premium cigars, premium hand-rolled cigars, you know, in, in the States, uh, you know, started to lose some traction and lose some favor. And, you know, and a lot of people started smoking cigarettes or using smokeless tobacco and things like that. But I love the I love that sort of hidden history to it where there's there was such a deep uh you know premium cigar culture uh back then and i i see that although it's not as prevalent you know there's there's not a lot of cigars being rolled on u.s soil these days but the the culture the premium cigar culture in the united states seems to be strengthening again even with all the fda crap that's happening i agree i I agree i mean it's still i mean you watch if you guys have watched uh the last dance now with uh, the whole Michael Jordan, the Bulls, the 98 Bulls. Yes. And, and you, you, you see these guys at the end of championships, Jordan, especially right. Always with a cigar in his hand. Mm-hmm. And I always argue, listen, nobody wins the world series or 
the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or whatever it may be um, and lights up a Marlboro, right? Uh, yeah. What you light up, uh, you, you have a son, you have a daughter, or birth of a child, you do this, you get a promotion, you do this, you graduate college, you do this. I mean, this is what people do, right? It, that, that thing is still equated to, um, I don't know, a, a moment of celebration. And there's something to be said for that. Well, one of the things that fascinates me with this, what's going on now, I, I was talking earlier with a, a gentleman and I said, okay, sales have been slower. I'll give you that from my end anyway. Uh, but people are still smoking and it, it amazes me that this is something that's not addictive. We all know this, right? It's not addictive. It's not a cigarette. Um, it, it's not alcohol, you're an alcoholic or whatever it may be. It, it's something that becomes disposable income that you're lighting on fire essentially. And that's it. And yet people are still out there smoking and you're saying, okay, because I, I thought for sure if you have your $10 bill in your hand and you've got a choice between buying something to eat and smoking a cigar, why would you pick this? And yet people still continue to do this because I think of the relaxation aspect of it. Yeah. Because you can still do what we're doing right now where people are watching and they're smoking with us. And so we're all in it together to some degree. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite things in the morning, especially on Sundays, I, I, I'm an early riser. I get up at six, six and change and we have an outside TV. And uh, I mentioned that earlier. We'll go, I'll go outside by myself with my cup of coffee and I'll smoke myself. my cigar. And it's, and it's, you know, it's awesome to be able to just that, that time to just relax. It, it wouldn't be the same with a damn cigarette in my hand. I don't know. I'm not a cigarette smoker. Never have been, but I mean, this is something that gives you time to think and contemplate. And, I think it's yeah. a Thing, you know, it's but it's of, cool though. It's kind Super of like cool. one of those things where you know, uh, you, I mean, this this is what we do. We eat dinner, and then after we go to the back and we have a cigar and we talk yeah. about the day, and you know, we just it's just a, a ritual thing for us. And I think a lot of people, like he said, they may not choose to purchase a cigar over you know feeding their families, obviously, but a lot of times. In these moments, I think a lot of people are looking for some sense of, uh, I guess, normality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, um, and this kind of brings them back to like, this is what I would, what I would do before. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in the back, I'm, I'm having a cigar, it de-stresses me. I think about things, you know, you have an hour at least to think about everything because you're sitting out there and just enjoying the moment, you know, yeah. and I think that's what a lot of people look for sometimes. Yeah. Just to do that. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to pick one over the other, but I think a lot of people still go to cigars because they still miss that portion, that part where they can come back and, you know, I don't know, have, have that have that kind of normal moment, right? Yeah. So, absolutely. So, or before, you know. So. Well, and, and like you both said, there's, there's, um, there's so many different things that we, that we sort of, even people who don't, smoke premium cigars you know they 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 definitely equate them because family members of mine who don't smoke premium cigars never have smoked a premium cigar they still understand a lot of the reason they understand is because i harp on it all the time but they understand the fact that that it's different than cigarettes you know when you when like you said when you win a championship you you 
you, don't, you don't crack open a, a Bud Light and smoke a cigar. You open, you pop the champagne and you yeah. smoke a premium hand rolled cigar. There's some, and there's something about the. It's not just the product that you're consuming. It's not that that premium cigar or that champagne. It's the fact that that product that that care went into making that product. You know, champagne takes more care and effort and time to produce than beer. You know, you can make a, a billion gallons of beer in a, in a day, but champagne takes time. And it's the same with the cigar, you know, from the growing of the seeds to the harvesting and, and the curing and the fermenting and then the rolling and then the aging and, and all of it. It's, there's something that's, that's more special to it. And then that, that also translates over into us sitting down and consuming the product. It's there, there's, there's something about that product when we consume it knowing that it it came from somewhere it came from yeah. someone that that's why you know and it's the you know the seas whether it's camaraderie or ceremony or celebration or, or or even just chill just sitting and relaxing watching the sunset and just l- taking in the world enjoying the smoke and and the experience and talking about your day and you know the ups and downs of life. It's it's something that is so much more special than than a lot of people realize, and that's one of the things that we want people to get is because if we can just communicate that a little bit more to the world, even people who don't care about premium cigars, if we can communicate it a little bit more, then I think people can take a little you know time to say, yeah, I think I think the government should lay off. I, you know, and, you know, getting into the FDA piece of it, you know, if it, it's not the people who are in the industry, it's the people who are outside of the industry that can help to advocate the government to maybe lay off a little bit. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that we have going for us right now is is the culture is strong. The premium cigar culture is strong, you know, and families like yours are continuing to, you know, just be a great example to the the culture as a whole you know from everything from from the factory piece of it to the brand piece of it to the relationships piece of it and you know we appreciate that you guys are continuing to just tell that good message mm-hmm. yeah you know what man and, and and to piggyback on what you're saying i mean you, you look at the way cigars are made today and the process that leads up to it and it really is uh, an institution that stopped in time. I mean, it's it's essentially the same. It's been it's it's still one of the few completely handmade products that's out there. A premium cigar is something that goes through so many hands. I know you guys all have heard the number before, but it's fascinating to watch the number of people that do this and what you wind up getting at the end for the price at which you're getting it. Considering how many people worked on it. It's really still a deal. It's a great deal, and yeah. um, you know you, you can you can time warp someone from the 19th century and, and, and drop them into a 21st century factory, and they'll know exactly what to do. And whatever they were doing before, they'll be able to do it again. And that's kind of cool that it hasn't changed. It's an industry that's still steeped in a lot of, of uh, yeah, a lot of tradition, a tremendous amount of tradition. But hell, even the way business is done, it's still a very traditional thing, right? It's a handshake. It's a hey, how are you? Yes, yes, no, and and, and you you get to know the person. It's still yeah. one on one. This is not an Amazon product. 
right? This is not an Amazon product. This is still a product that's sold by you getting to know me, me getting to know you, yeah. seeing what your profile is, talk about the family, talk about the cigars, talk about how it's made. Uh, and, and you have that in common, talk about different cigars we smoke together, maybe or ones that I've never smoked that I want to find out about. So there, there's a lot to it. And that's really, really a fascinating thing. And you take that all away. Listen, I mean, the FDA steps in and, and we'll see what happens in September, but they're not only crushing the livelihood perhaps of a lot of people here in the States, but in a lot of foreign countries, I mean, Esteli, I don't have a factory in, in uh, Nicaragua, but I do deal with Nicaraguan tobacco and I've been there a couple of times to purchase tobacco. And Esteli is inherently, inherently just completely dependent on the tobacco industry. A hundred percent. Yep. You're going to wipe out an entire chunk of people. Dominican Republic, not completely, but a great deal of it deals yeah. with cigars. A lot of people are employed in this, not only manufacturing, but from the growing, from the cultivating, all of it, right? So box makers, band makers, designers, there's there's a lot. And yep. I, I, I still fail to see the equation between this and a cigarette. Listen, right. we, uh, my family is a family of runners. Uh, we, we run marathons. We run half marathons. We've done Ironman. Um, my son's a smoker, does the same thing. We are a family essentially of runners, and I've been running for a long, long time and actually doing pretty well within it. We all have. I smoke cigars. I've been smoking cigars for a damn long time. This is bit, you know why? Because it's not a cigarette, folks. It's not right. a cigarette. Right. So right. Stop, stop equating those two things. They're not the yeah. same. Yeah. Uh, we actually have a really good uh, viewer question. I'm going to pop up on the screen here. So Chad, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but Chad says, I've been on a Connecticut kick lately. And Chad, I'm right there with you because I have too. Uh, what can you say about Connecticut cigars that Casa Cuevas has and the flavor profile on them? Which one should he give a go to? I'll tell you what, um, our, our Connecticut cigars, I never, I never say, and I'll stick to it, that I have the best cigar in the world. I don't do that. I, I think we have a very good product. And I think all I aim for is to be part of your humidor. I've said this time and again, every time you've ever heard me, if you've ever met me, I've said the same thing. I think I want to be part of your rotation. Not the only thing you smoke. That said, the Casa Cuevas, Connecticut, the original one, the one from the, the core line, it was blended to be a little more nuanced in the average Connecticut. So I didn't want it to be really boring. Um, I didn't want it to be very bland. I wanted to have a little bit of kick and something to it. Always the aim though was to mitigate that bitterness that Ecuadorian Connecticut gives you. What we use is Ecuadorian Connecticut, not Connecticut from Pennsylvania. Uh, so not the Connecticut, the US, we're using Ecuadorian, but that seems to be the prevalent shade now anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Right? A lot of it tends to be very bitter, and I wanted to mitigate that, and I thought we did a good job with that. You step into the Reserva, and if Chad is a, a cigar smoker, um, you smoke cigars for a while now, I urge you to smoke the one that Matt is smoking right now, the one I smoked a few minutes ago, because I think it's a smoker's Connecticut. It's got a little bit of strength to it. Um, it's got more body to it more nuanced to it than the average one does. I am not, and I won't pretend to be. I talk about what I know, what I don't know, I'll ask questions about, and I'll defer. I'm not good at saying 
a cigar tastes like this or the other or the other. I can talk about bitterness. I can talk about spice. I can talk about sweetness. I can talk about strength, chocolate notes, stuff that I can really wrap my head around and, and, and make it palpable. I can't do that with everything, but I think the way um, Matt described it a few minutes ago with, with butterscotch, I never thought of that. And I go, and I, I remember right before I put it out, I go, I never thought of that, but damn, that's pretty damn spot on. We, we want to create or we wanted to create or we aimed to create a cigar that is more full body than the average Connecticut, but it's still going to be a Connecticut. I can make a full on the hero Connecticut. It's a, chick, a kick in your chest. That defeats the purpose of having a Connecticut, right? A Connecticut is supposed to be a Connecticut. Amen. In the chest, find something else. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, I don't want to pick up Connecticut and blow smoke. I don't want that. I don't want to just burn smoke. I don't want sickle all the way through combustion with no flavor, with yeah. no with no nuances throughout, right? And I think yeah. we've we've gotten that. So if you haven't smoked a lot before, to answer your question, the Connecticut from our core line is a great cigar. And if you are a smoker, give the Connecticut from the Reserva line a shot. You're going to be surprised. You're saying, okay, I can pick the cigar up at night after dinner and still be satisfied. It doesn't have to be Maduro. So yeah. there you go. I don't know I'm, if I answered the question. I hope I did. Absolutely. No, 100% you did. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on my soapbox now for a little <laughs> bit. Um, so from time to time, I work in a retail brick-and-mortar shop. And you know, I try and educate people that, you know, a Maduro doesn't always mean a strong cigar. A Connecticut doesn't always mean a light cigar. Absolutely. But then I look around the room and I start to, to kind of take back those words a little bit because of what the market has done with that misnomer. They've kind of, they've kind of grabbed it and, and they've marketed um, the Connecticut's as light and they've marketed the yes. Maduro's as, as a darker cigar. This Maduro core line is chocolatey, cocoa maybe a medium, and it is so much flavor and it, you get the sweetness that you should out of a Maduro. And this isn't a donkey that's going to kick me in the face. It is, <laughs> it is beautifully balanced and this is what I think a Maduro should be. Not that you can't have a strong Maduro, but you really get that sweet Maduro flavor out of this. So I love what you guys are doing with the Leafs, that you're not just saying, you know what, a Connecticut should be, you know, mild to medium cigar, or Maduro should be, you know, this face scraping, you know, <laughs> um, murder project. But <laughs> that it is... Like I said before, it is beautifully balanced. It is wonderful. It is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So we, we, we aimed for that um, when we blended all of them initially. And, and actually, if you smoked our Habano, it's the inverse is true, right? So the Habano is actually going to have a little more of a kick to it because the spicy Habano gives you than the Maduro does. And that was done on purpose. I didn't want to follow the same rules that we've always done in the cigar industry where the Maduro is the one that kicks in the chest yeah, and everything else kind of falls by the wayside. We sort of did the inverse, not that the, the uh, bottle kicks in the chest, but it's, it's a bit of a, a more strong cigar. If, if you want to take that right. Um, yeah. uh, but ultimately even La Mandaria, which is the one I'm smoking now, the sledgehammer, the idea behind it was to have a cigar that creeps up on you. So the strength 
is there, but it's sublime. So you may be sitting down, you're smoking, you get up and you go, whoa, whoa. That's what we aim for. And that's, that's not for everybody. Some people want to pick it up and they want to get that harshness and God bless you. That's fine. I'm not criticizing you. It's just not what we were aiming for. There's a lot of that. Uh, we could have done that because we have access to tobacco like everybody else does. But we, we blend with a lot of different tobaccos. The one you're smoking right now, as a matter of fact, Eric, has Nicaraguan tobacco, Dominican tobacco, Pennsylvania tobacco, um, Nicaraguan tobacco, and then the wrapper, San Andres. you got five countries, one cigar. And that adds to a little bit of nuance to everything that you get there, right? Yeah. The one Matt Smoke is a little more streamlined, but still, you got four countries within that one. So either way, we're trying to always look at our cupboard of spices and then come out with something. And then the question becomes, how much do you put in of this and that? Knowing you can't please everybody, but you try to please as many as you can. And, and then here we are. So I appreciate your kind words. Thank you very much. Oh, Thank yeah. You. So I, I want to know a little bit about, oh, we got a special guest behind you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Sorry for the quick in and out. I was moving the bird just in case, in case the smoke did something to affect it. So No worries. It's yeah, all good. Man. It's all good. Glad to see you. And, uh, you know, maybe sometime, I don't know if you have time right now, but, you know, we would, obviously you're part of the family and a big part of the business. And uh, Say hi. Introduce yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'll give this a brief introduction. <laughs> um, I'm Alec Cuevas. I'm the fifth generation with Casa Cuevas Cigars. And in terms of how I kind of started off and became the director of operations, which is my current position, um, going through, it was New Year's Eve. I was about 17 years old. It was me, my grandfather, and my father. And my grandfather looked over. It was quite literally like how my parents are sitting now with you know me over to my dad's left side. My grandfather looked over. And he said, hey, have you ever smoked a cigar? And I told him no, because it was the honest truth. To which he then looked at my dad and he says, give him the prototype. And the first cigar that I ever smoked was a Casa Cuevas prototype Maduro. The, the, the one garrison. Oh, look at that. There it is. It's a phenomenal stick. I love that cigar. Mm -hmm. I will be honest, though, with everybody here, uh, that it was um, my first ever cigar, so I didn't finish it. I finished about halfway <laughs> through and it made me queasy. I, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get the memo about not inhaling. So, uh, <laughs> yes, everybody has yeah. had that, uh, that uh, interaction at least once while smoking. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. but I couldn't be happier to be a part of this family business. Absolutely. Yeah. We, and we, uh, you know, that's one of the things we've talked about a lot on this show is, is, uh, it, you know, the family. The family aspect of it is is important, and uh, you know we're we're grateful for you guys, and and you know thank you for uh, thank you for making uh, making an appearance and and you know letting yourself be known on the show. We appreciate that. Thank you. I, uh, I'd honestly be in a better you know clothing condition had I. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that, everybody out there. No, we are a come as you are kind of yeah, kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, thank you very much, Alec. Right now, playing with his his sister, you know. So, so I'm trying to keep all Made the dogs contained and everything in there. Yeah. Go <laughs> <laughs> do your thing. Go do your thing. Take it easy, guys. Thanks, Alec. So I want to I want to get a, a little bit of an idea. So you know the the Las Lavas factory, you know, yeah. was, was already was already functioning, you know, and and doing doing you know great work making making good cigars for a lot of companies and. 
that then when you when you decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put our own family name on a cigar. We're going to create the Casa Cuevas brand. What what did those first few talks look like and sound like when you said, okay, we're going to put a brand together, we're going to put our name on it, and we're going to put some blends together? You know, because obviously already, you know, having knowledge about the tobacco and the production, that's one thing. But, you know, the branding and the communication and all that stuff, that's a whole new ball game. So how did you work through that process in the very beginning? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I... Um it was a lot of hand wringing, right? And and the, the first thing I did was look at the three principal sizes that were most uh, prominent within the United States. And that was easy enough to find. Robusto, Toro, and in the 6x60, which is my least favorite size. I don't like anything over a 54, 52. I just don't. Uh, my favorite is a Toro, actually. But aside from that, but you had to have it because you got to have part of your repertoire. Then, yeah. then I looked at the three rappers, Connecticut, Macanudo was not enough. So is the number one cigar in the world at the point. So Connecticut sell like crazy. I know cigar smokers don't think that way, but Connecticut sell more than anything else. That's a fact. So Connecticut, Abano, Maduro, that wasn't really tough. Then the blending came in and there comes a point where you're blending for yourself and you gotta, you gotta put the brakes on that and say, that can't happen. I, I got to sit there and blend understanding that there may be other flavor profiles out there. So that was a little bit tough and it's kind of like throwing darts blindfolded, mm-hmm. right? You're not sure where you're going to be. And then the real big hurdle was, okay, pops, we have a factory. Um, we have a blend or three blends. How do we get it out there? So one of the things I did was I reached out to Humberto Arias from Cigar Package Design. He had worked with um, Tarano, and we had done cigars with Tarano in the past. And I said, I need you to design a band for me and a box for me and artwork for me based off of, you know, my family and, and my vision. And the guy's phenomenal at what he does. He's just great. He doesn't do cigars. He just, they just, he's good at what he does, what he does, right? He does branding. So they came out with what you have and what you see now. Then the question became, how do I get it out there? And I'll, I've been asked this before on another uh, on another show. It is much more difficult to have a brand and sell the brand than it is to have a factory and manufacture cigars. Much more difficult. Yeah. Because the, the brand became, I went to a shop. Who are you? I am such and such. Great. Why do I need your cigar? And the, the truth of the matter is you don't need my cigar because your humidor is full and my cigar is not going to turn your sales over to the point where you become a millionaire overnight. I'm yeah. not going to make a difference. I'm not going to be the tipping point. So why do you need my cigar? And in selling that has been a challenge. Um, ultimately, I'm confident that, that the cigars – once people try them, I think they like them. And again, they become part of their humidor and their rotation. But how does that consumer who works so hard for his money sit there and say, okay, I've got my 10 book bill in my hand and I always smoke this $10 cigar. Why the hell should I try this one? I've never heard of the box may be pretty. The band may be pretty, but why spend $10 on something I don't know? And the $10 are gone. Yeah. And I can sit there and buy something that I do know. 
and my $10 go to something that I know is going to be a home run. That's been a, a real challenge. So we were thinking and debating that. Um, Miami and South Florida is my backyard. That wasn't very difficult to get it into some stores. And then the traveling began and getting it out there began. And it's been a, a three-year process of, of, of a huge, huge alluding again to racing a marathon. It's not a 5K. Every penny that I make from my brand, I reinvest in the brand. The factory is what provides my livelihood. And uh, my wife is a teacher as well. But my, from my end, from my business perspective, every penny that gets I get out of the brand goes back into the brand. And it all goes into the travel and getting to know people and sort of getting into people's hands. And hopefully, hopefully, as we move forward, eventually I, I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. But right now, it's been that struggle that I envisioned when I first launched. Um, but again, I had no choice, right? The, the FDA gave me no choice. And I'm glad they, they sort of lit a fire in there, my, my butt, and made me jump into the fray. Because if not, I'd still be debating, how do we do this? How do we do this? Yeah. Um, you, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of that. My dad says, okay, listen, you worry about that aspect of it. The cigars we've got covered. Um, everything in the DR, we've got the box maker, the band maker, it's all there. And like I said, Umberto created all the artwork. And so we move forward. And, you know, as, as we evolved as a company, then somebody like Curativa's group, who does all our PR, has been a tremendous, tremendous help in, in getting us into just people's, wherever you guys are watching right now, backyards or, or homes or shops. Um, so they've done that as well. Uh, we tried advertising. We, we tried every little thing, but I didn't know how to do it. I, I'm still not sure I know how to do it. I'm working hard at trying to do it. Um, but it, there was a lot of that, but there was also a lot of, hey, um, we can think about this all day long. It's now or never. You know what I mean? It's now or bloody never. And so we did it. Yeah. So, but it's been, um, it's, it's been a challenge. It is a challenge. It continues to be a challenge. And so I'm always, I'm always thankful to folks like you guys to, to take the time to, to just even entertain us and, and the people chiming in right now watching this. Thank you so very much yeah. for, for just being interested in the brand and taking interest in us. Uh, yeah. I'm humbled. We're, we're humbled by it. And it's, it's, it's one of the, like you said, it's, it's, it's now or never. Honestly, that's why, how about that cigar exists? It was, it was kind of, you know, now or never, you know, I was, you know, uh, working with blind man's puff. Who's a fantastic cigar media group. I love those guys. I had a, I had a, you know, had a vision and Garrett and I talked about it and I was like, look, it's kind of now or never, I'm not getting any younger, you know, it's so let's, you know, let's, let's let's do do it. And, and it's, uh, you know, for, 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 for you to, you know, to take the leap, especially, I mean, we're talking 2016, you know, the, even back in 2016, you know, everything from a, from a market perspective, when it came to launching a new brand of premium hand-rolled cigars, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big leap of faith and it's a big, it's a lot of freaking work, man. And, and, you know, I, I know that, you know, above and beyond all the factory operations and everything else, you know, launching a new brand, you know, it's, uh, you know, hats off to you, honestly, for just saying, you know, I, it's, 
we're going to do this and you know we're going to we're going to put our everything into it and i know it's not easy i know it's not easy and you know we we want to see the brand you know succeed you know uh, just because it's you know for us we're we're not brand centric here at how about that cigar but we mm-hmm. want to see this culture succeed and we and you know people who who are good members of that culture yourselves included we want to see you guys succeed and it's it's because it's important this culture is important and whether people know it or not even people who don't care two craps about premium hand rolled cigars it's an important piece of of you know the world and and not to get all philosophical but you know and and so seeing you guys succeed as a part of that you know the the small brands are are equally as important as the big brands because the 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 world of premium cigars as a whole gets better when everybody challenges each other. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure you've seen that. I'm sure you've seen that on both the factory side and the brand side. And, and I see it in everything, right? So so now we have this big conundrum with PCA and TPE. And and if you're not familiar with it, PCA is the convention where everybody in the cigar industry shows up, and then stores come in and essentially buy and get to know everybody. It's, it's a great, great, and it's a huge event. And TPE is a smaller version of it, also in Vegas, but one takes place in July, which is not going to happen now. One takes place in January. And so when, when PCA backed out this year because of COVID and TPE is stepping in and I thought, okay, I'm out of PCA and I was already committed. I was there last year. I've been there for three years, but last year I had my own booth and the whole nine. This year I was back again with a booth and, and I was committed. Um, and TPE now is really the only one that's around, assuming January comes across clean and we're able to do it. Yeah. I thought, I don't necessarily want that. I, I Competition is good, right? Yeah. Uh, Gordon Gekko mm-hmm. said greed is good. Competition is good. It, yeah. it makes everybody step up and be better. And um, I, I want PCA to succeed. I, I want them to be there and make TPE step up and be better. And I want TPE to really succeed and make PCA better. And so the same thing it is with, with our brands. Ultimately, there's room for everybody. There really is. I mean, if you have a really bad cigar, then okay. But I think everybody stepped up their game. If you're a cigar smoker, now is the time to really thrive because there's a lot of good product out there. And everybody is trying to do the very best they can. Yeah. Sort of put out a really good product. By the same token, if you're only smoking one brand, you're a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're only smoking my brand, you're a fool. Uh, I I mean, there's just, there's good, good stuff out there. And ultimately what you want to do is to sit there and say, today I'm in the mood for this. Yeah. Joe, thank you. Um, it, it, but but it's true though. I mean, you have so many so many good cigars out there to just smoke one thing. Hell, I, I don't drink the same scotch all the time. I don't drink the same wine all the time. I love my IPAs, but I vary those as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't eat the same damn food all the time. Uh, it, so why smoke the same cigar all the damn time? It makes no sense to me, right? Exactly. Uh, but to make those great cigars, people need to get pushed. It's yeah. what capitalism is all about. It's, it's what being American is all about, right? Competition is good. Yep. So, 
hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, with, like you said, there's, and, and I appreciate that you chimed in with that because it was actually written on my list of, of questions, you know, as far, far as the whole PCA thing goes. And, you know, we have to wait and see, obviously the, the trade show is not going to happen, but you know, there are, uh, there are things that are going to be happening. So, you know, from a trade show perspective, you know, we want to make sure that the brands that are out there, um, you know, have, have an idea of, you know, because there's a, you, you make up a lot of ground. You, there's a lot of business that gets done at the, at the PCA trade show, the IPCPR trade show. A lot of business gets done. And for some companies, for some brands, it may be the vast majority of their, of their sales for the year come from that trade show. So, you know, how are you guys doing with, as far as it goes with, you know, your strategies and your ideas and your communications with your, with your, uh, your, your retail partners, you know, to, you know, to make sure that you are able to make up the ground that you normally would, you know, would get from the trade show. That's a great question. I, I, I think what we're going to do is um, when, when the trade show timeline comes around again, um, I'm, I'm really trying to maneuver myself in a position where I can have one-on-ones with, with shops and then the savings that I am sort of incurring by not having to go to the trade show, by not having the booth, um, by not having the booth outright, not only the rental, but the build out of the booth, the travel expense. There's nothing cheap about Vegas. It never has been cheap. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Vegas, oh, we go because it's so inexpensive. It's never been inexpensive for me. I, I don't. I, I've never seen that. But all of those savings, if you can sit there and pass them on, then to your fellow retailers and or, or to the retailers themselves, and and maybe give them opportunities and deals that are even beyond what I would have given at PCA. I think if we partner up that way, we'll be able to do it. Um, and, and I and I think retailers are cognizant of the fact that things are different. So they're expecting perhaps a different July than what we were going to have, but they're still expecting something to happen. The question is positioning yourself in a way that they're still being able to get um, those deals and you are still being able to be in the forefront and getting their attention. I haven't figured that out yet. I'm working on it. I know I'm not the only one. Because I, I talk to a lot of fellow manufacturers, and we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, but I think that that would be it. That that's part of it. The other part of it is stuff like what we're doing right now. I mean, I've done more podcasts in these last two months than I had done in the last two and a half years. Yeah, it, this has been amazing. Uh, I've done events where shops have done full on events, and they're selling cigars as if I were there. So. You know, it's a five and one, uh, 20% off a box plus five free cigars as if I were in the location, but I'm not in the location. And so we're we're trying to figure things out. Go ahead. But if I could say something, the other thing that's unique about the situation is that you see all of, I guess now with all these podcasts, you see everyone in a different kind of light, right? Like you see them in the comfort of their homes. Um, you know, sometimes you, you get guest appearances from wives and stuff, you know, it's kind of a little more, it seems a little more personal. Yeah. Uh, cause you're in there, in their homes with them. And a lot of people want to see what your life is like sometimes, you know? And so yeah. I think that also opens up 
maybe something where like, you know, I like this family. Like I'd like to sit down and have a, you know, have a, a beer with them, have a cigar, yeah. uh, you know, something. And when you're at events, I mean, I've been to events with Lewis and yes, he's very personal. He's always talking, but it's very stressful on him. And I think this is the stress level is a little different. So he's a little more relaxed. He's, you know, it's just a, so we, we got to look at the positives of all this too. You know, the, yep. We kind of bring everyone into our homes, and that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, I think. Yeah, know? I agree. I agree because this mm-hmm. we've said this before that all business is relationship driven, but it's way more so in the premium cigar business. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think for consumers, you know, for consumers and retail partners to, you know, get get sort of an inside glimpse of just you know people's families like yourself. It it just sort of it strengthens whatever relationship you already have with your, with your consumer and retail partners. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And then going back to, to your PCA question. Um, I mean, I, I think that's, that's what we're going to hopefully do and hopefully accomplish. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never been in this position before. I don't think any of us ever have. I, I think, you know what, interestingly enough, I think retailers are in a good position, notwithstanding, the FDA, because ultimately, if the FDA comes in and wipes out a lot of new brands and a lot of future brands, people will continue to smoke anyway. And if you're a retailer, I, I tell retailers or friends of mine, personal friends of mine that have their shops, whether here or in other states, you, you're going to be okay. You're yeah. going to be fine, right? Because people are going to continue smoking. You may not have a lot of new product, but so be it. I mean, Going back to something I said earlier, and I don't know if we were recording at the time. Um, I, I don't think we were. I am always cognizant of the fact that it is a fact that whenever a shop brings me in, I need them. They don't need me. Right. That shop is not going to go under because they're not bringing me in. Mm-hmm. They're giving me an opportunity to be part of their humidor and generate sales. I get that. But without my sales, nothing's going to happen. And you take a brand that's a stalwart in the business, right? You, you take a Padron, for example, and uh, for the most part, every time you travel, you see them everywhere, uh, highly respected and rightly so. They, they've earned it. But if tomorrow Padron says, we're not going to sell another cigar as long as we live, we're done. We're out of the business completely. Nothing happens to the industry. You may miss your Padron if you're a Padron smoker, but then you find something else to smoke. That yeah. shop is going to go under because they don't have Padrones anymore. No one's going to go out of business because they don't have a Jones anymore. That doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always just really thankful when a shop takes a chance and says, come on in, I'll give you a shot. And if, and if I do well within that shop as a brand, it's just icing on the cake, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's – And I the, like the fact that – These folks with FDA. I mean, the FDA yeah. is over me looms large, even over companies like a Fuentes who has a lot of predicate product. But think about this, folks. Those companies, as they come out with new product, then have to jump through the same hoops as I do. I mean, I've got predicate product in the reserva line. Our reserva line is predicate product. Fine, I'm safe there. But if I want to expand that line, I want to have different count boxes. I want to have a different wrapper. Yeah. Um, I want to come up with a different size. I want to come up with a different blend. I've got to go through all the hoops and that happens to all of us. So we're all in this together, right? Yeah, absolutely. So 
you know, aside from, and, and I mean, new products are what they are, but, and we know it's, you know, developing new products takes time, takes effort. Um, so this question isn't really about new products. It's just kind of about, you know, your, your brand as a whole, you know, what does, what does the future hold for, you know, for the Cuevas family and for the brand, for, for, for the Casa Cuevas brand? What is, what does the future hold? What do you hope for? You know, I, 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 I've been asked that question in couch in different terms. Um, ultimately, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie about this. Uh, why should I? I would love to be, and we're talking maybe five, six, seven years down the line from now. So a full 10 years into this, I, I would love to be a, a household name that's uttered in the same breath as some of the other brands I just mentioned right now. I would love that. Uh, not from the financial aspect of it, but simply because of our, the, the, the respect that it brings with it. I, yeah. I think it's really cool, right? To be uttered in those, in those words. So, um, I want to be someone that you say, have you smoked the Cuevas? And they go, no, but I've heard of them or yeah. And I love them or whatever it may be, or I don't like them, but at least you've heard them, right? Something along those lines. Number one. Number two, I mean, we're striving to, to, to stick it through and, and uh, still be here when September comes and goes. And, uh, you know, whatever that may take, resources or not, we are prepared. And, uh, I mean, growth, very slow growth, um, all about, again, the marathon perspective. Yeah. We launched three brands, forgive me, three wrappers, three sizes. That was done on purpose. The Reserva line. Three wrappers, I'm sorry, two wrappers, three sizes. That was done on purpose. Nothing really new in between. I sort of take my time in launching things, get things grounded, have things sort of take root, let people know them, not overwhelm them with a bunch of different sizes and fatolas and wrappers and, yeah. and brands. Uh, that's never been my model. So slow and steady kind of wins the race. Um, that seems to be the thing. So I guess ultimately we want to be here a decade from now doing what we're doing right now, enjoying it as much as we are and, and hopefully being part of people's human doors. That's, that's pretty much it. Right. Absolutely. Right? I love I, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So let's, uh, let's move into this week's smokabulary word. Uh, and as always guys, the smokabulary word, it is brought to you by AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So this week's smokabulary word, it took me forever to come up with a word for this week for, for, for smokabulary. But I decided to just keep it simple this week. This week's smokabulary word is cap. And when, for those of you who are new to the world of premium hand-rolled cigars, cap is not what I'm wearing on my head right now. The cap is, so Garrett just cut his cigar. So the cap is the round, a lot of times it's a, you know, just a disc of tobacco that's cut from the remainder of the wrapper leaf that gets, you know, they use the, uh, the goma 
the gum to glue it onto the the head of the cigar. And there are a lot of different kinds of caps. There's, you know, just a standard cap on a Parejo cigar. You know, there there can be a, a pigtail cap. There can be a fantail cap to make it all pretty and everything. But essentially, it's it's just and so Luis, you know, let everybody know if if you would. So a cap doesn't necessarily do anything other than just make a really presentable, you know. It doesn't, but if you, if you decapitate your cigar when you're cutting them, then it unravels, right? So yeah. what you want to do when you cut your cigar now, the V cut obviously is your 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 safety net, and, and that's exactly what Garrett just did right now. But if you if you use a guillotine and you cut it, if you take off more than the cap, then sometimes you run the risk of it unraveling a little bit. But the cap is essentially what Matt said. They take what's called a chupeta, which is a round cylindrical. Okay, that's redundant. <laughs> metal object. And what's, what's left over out of the wrapper, they cut around it. And using, it's called Bermacol is the paste that they use. It's a vegetable paste. Um, you mix it with water. It's a powdered form. It's odor-free, flavor-free. Uh, it, it essentially, it's completely tame. Talk about and, having and, an organic and, and, cigar. And you put it yeah. right on top and it holds kind of, it, it doesn't hold anything together. What it does is just finishes the cigar is what it does. Mm-hmm. Which, what you can do with the pigtail, essentially just roll it up and you can do the pigtail like uh, La Mandaria and, and, and do that little oh, pigtail yeah. there. Or you can leave the long pigtail at the end. But yep. a cap is unnecessary in the end. It's, it's not, no pun intended, within the end. Uh, but it isn't necessary. But if, if you're not careful when you're cutting your cigar, then you may overextend the, the cut and then yeah. it wraps. So when you're cutting it, look at the cap. And if you're using a guillotine, aim for that. Just take off that little snippet. Yep. You're good to go. We yep. can just buy those that already have the, the little, yeah. they, don't, they don't cut all the way. I guess. Just, you know, safety for I, you. I do, I do right. recommend those. Do around it, you move yeah, it. So, no. No. I do for 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 beginners. I do recommend those perfect cutters because it's, it's hard to make a mistake with those with those. Right. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll top it off before you you go too far into it. That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, guys, that is this week's smokabulary word. I like it. And now it is time for my favorite segment of the week: Numero, Numero de los Muertos. All right, guys, this week, uh, Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you a premium smoking experience forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Blackwork Studio, Dissident, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provides smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit OvejaNegraCigars.com to learn more. All right, this okay. week's number is 12. <laughs> 12? <laughs> I can't work with a number that low. That's... I know. <laughs> this number is also since uh, 1896. So you're welcome. Hold on. You're saying since 1896, only 12 people in the world mm-hmm. have died from this. Yes. Oh brother. Okay, I'm also going to give This is a tough one. I'm going to give more parameters. All right. We, we All right. have such a low number here. 
this um, has happened globally, uh, but don't think of it as a as a global thing. Um, um, that's so weird to say, but when when you when you hear the answer, you'll understand why I've uh, prefaced it that way. So don't really think of it geographically as as a global thing. Okay, as always. Our viewers and listeners, uh, go ahead and chime in with your guesses. Uh, Lewis and Denise, chime in with guesses here. We're ju- we're going to play twenty questions with this low number. I think we're it's going to end up being more like a hundred questions. Right. Uh, yeah. Not chicken pox or measles. Not chicken pox. Not measles. No, nope, I'm just going to go ahead and, and I'm going to tell people. Uh, <laughs> it's, not illnesses. Is it falling into a volcano? Okay. Into a volcano. Twelve people? And this is this is worldwide. It's not just in the yeah. North America. Right. Six? Oh no, this no, no. It is not it is not a medical condition or an affliction or a disease or anything like that. Something accidental, perhaps. Yeah. Falling out of an airplane. No, it's an extraordinary plane. Strike that. That was stupid. Okay. Um, <laughs> UFO exposure. Uh, that probing can be tough, but I think those numbers are much higher. Yeah, sadly, you usually live through it, I guess. So. Yeah. 1896, 12. It can't be climbing. No, because more people have died in a whale. I, uh, we've already done killer whales. Oh yeah, we already did killer whales on the show, and that um, number is three, by the way. Really? Yeah. Since, okay, so 1896. What's what's new since 1896? Not on a cruise. The, okay. Um, is are these deaths that would? Does it take place on some some kind of a vehicle? No. Okay. Does it take? Do the deaths usually happen in the home? No. They do not take place in a home. It's an animal involved. It is not animal related. All right. Another clue. Uh, Christine wants another clue. Um, Let's do. um, Think of this as an event. An event. Is it related in any way to the Olympics? 1896. Man, I got to give it to you. It is Olympics. Oh, well, is, there more, is there more to it though? I mean, well, yeah. So the uh, there have been twelve people who have died while participating or practicing at the Olympic Games. Like I, I that was just like out of nowhere guess. I had no idea that was going to be even close. Very good. Uh, actually, uh, uh, we're boxers. It wasn't boxing, I don't think. Was it boxing? No. Two of, he said, Garrett said two, two of them were boxers. Two of them were boxers. And it was, uh, those were done during the bare knuckle days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Lewis, were you a boxer? Uh, yeah, amateur fighter, yeah. Okay. Two pounds, you're locally out of Miami. I was terrible, so I didn't even ask. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I will say that... Um, Unfortunately, there was an episode in the 1972 Olympics. I didn't include those numbers um, because they weren't uh, Olympians that were actually performing um, 
Okay, fair enough. I get it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Munich, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. we won't go dark um, here, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, Olympians. Yeah, I get it. It's all right. That, that's great. Oh, I gotta take that. Where is that? That's there way up there. So that was this week's Numero, Numero de, de los, los Muertos. Muertos. That was <laughs> crazy. All right, so let's let's step away from the cigar subject briefly. So I'm going to ask each of you this separately. I uh, can't wait. I'm going to start with Denise. Oh, if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Wow. Wow. That's a good one. Living person, I think of a lot of dead people that I could. I know, right? And a dead person just came to my mind. Uh, No, living person. Hmm. That's a good one. Okay, go to him first. Let me think. No, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) And and people are are, are tuning out already. Hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. That's a good one. Hmm. Living person. Interesting. You just get to hear their thoughts for 10 minutes. I'm going to throw out J-Lo. Oh, that is a great answer. I love it. That is a great answer. Wow, really? Yes. All right. I'd love to see what she's doing. That answer. All right. Louis, what's, uh, what's yours? I have a little more time to think about it, but um, yeah, I, I think somebody like Jeff Bezos oh, would wow. Would be fascinating to step into his brain for for about ten minutes when you don't need any more money, and you're still thinking about new ways of making more money. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that'd be a yeah, a pretty interesting guy. A little different here. Pretty interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so next question. Guys? What's that? How about you guys? Yeah. Uh, oh. Nobody's ever put that question back on us before. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, See? See, it's not that easy, is no, it? No, it's not easy. Um, shoot. Um, I'd probably I'd probably pick, like, Denzel Washington. Okay. okay. I like that answer. Um, for me... Uh, but you got to give me a why, though, now. So, yeah, why Denzel? Well... What people don't know is uh, he is a classically trained actor. Um, he's brilliant um, and just, you know, I, I, I have a, a real respect for not only what he does in film, but what he does um, in, in life and charity. And, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, an incredible person. Cool. Okay. Um. This is a really, really tough question. Um, <laughs> Isn't it amazing that we've been asking this question for so long? I know, and I've never, honestly, I've never even thought about it. And we should have had it, our answer teed up for um, I, yeah, I, a year. <laughs> you know, this is an answer that a lot of people have given on the show, but but it's it's really true for me also. Um, not because I, I lean one way or the other. It's just I, I have to know. I it's Donald Trump. Oh I want to know what the hell's going on up there. <laughs> okay. I, 
Yeah, and the fact is, I think at the end of those ten minutes, I would need like years of therapy. <laughs> but I just, I want to know what's happening up, you know, up in that that brain, and I just, you know what, man, I, I think that any any U.S. president, yeah, um, absolutely, I, I'd love to to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, um, yeah, I mean, the, the office itself is is, is an amazing position. Yeah. The most powerful person in the world. What must that be like? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good answer. You're never inviting us again on your show, right? Because I just put you. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I think it's. I think it's cool. Um. So, yeah. all right. Next question. I'm going to start with Denise again. If you were about to get into a fight, what sound? What would be your soundtrack music? You know, if you were a lead character in a movie and you're about to get into a fight, what's your soundtrack music that's going to come on? Eminem. Oh yes! Not my answer. What's he is song? an angry, angry man. <laughs> yeah, but what song? Pink, okay, uh, let's I think like Pink. Pink's yeah. always angry too. Pink is super angry. She's always yeah. angry. I can imagine if those two got together, they'd have the angriest children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, she's always off. angry too. Yeah, yeah. He's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's some that's good. I yeah. love it. <laughs> All right, so Lewis, if you were about to get into a fight, what's what's your soundtrack music? Thunder on that one, right? So till I collapse by Eminem, I, I think is the one that um, you know. I, I think I, we're both. I, thinking I, I, I always think we're both thinking yeah, the, we're same both thing. the same thing. I always think the same thing, uh, but I can't answer the same thing she just did. So I'll go with the pink one. What's the one that she always did? Fight something or other. I forget the name of that song. <laughs> we went to her concert. It was amazing, right? Back when we used to get together. You guys remember that when we used to go to dinner with friends what? and go to uh, concerts with friends? Yeah. I, I do. I do remember that. It's, it, was, it was a while ago, but I do remember that. But yeah, my, my wife stole my thunder. But that till I collapse song from Eminem. It's on my running list when I when I run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I'm not giving up. Okay. So. How about you guys? Oh gosh, I was trying to get the next question in before you did that. Um, <laughs> You know it's coming now. So, I've this this one I actually have thought about, and some I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was, I think it was Ben Holt from uh, Dissident Cigars who he named a song that was that was like not a not a hard heavy song at all. It was something really light and soft, you know. And I think just for contrast, I would do like like like. Frank Sinatra singing "Fly Me to the Moon" or something like that, just just to lighten the mood a little bit, you know. Because there have been some great movies with with just epic fight scenes where the music in the background doesn't sound like fight music at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, and I and me in a fight would just be hilarious. It wouldn't be by any means like epic. So I think it would have to be funny music in the background for me. I think Quentin Tarantino does that kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's it's either going to be like DMX, Rough Rider Anthem, or or uh, Jay Z, Hard Knock Life. Oh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, those are those are both very good answers. All right, so for both of you, you have to choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. 
you could score a hockey goal as the goalie or you could score a soccer goal coast to coast as the goalie soccer soccer <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm not a i'm not a hockey player but i think to to, to score a, a a goal as a goalie that's cool must be cool as hell yeah right i mean the starting pitcher probably played little league ball and and probably hit a couple home runs and then he became a starting pitcher right yeah uh, the defensive lineman probably maybe once upon a time was a defensive back or he was a wide receiver. And then the kid grew up and he was a big guy and they put him in. Right. I don't know, but how many times a damn goalie gets, to, get to get to score from, I guess he could have played down a forward or something, but yeah. for the most part, right. Or, or wing or something, but still. So yeah, I think hockey, hockey would be it for me. Yeah, that's good. That's a very, I think that might be the most popular answer is hockey, but uh, we, uh, we just started including, you know, the soccer question into it just because we forget as, you know, silly Americans, you know, that, that, you know, grew up watching baseball that, you know, soccer is pretty much the most popular sport on planet earth. And, and I, we have to remember that. So watch a world cup, right? I'm sure you guys do too. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't, I, 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 wanna, do. I want to say, yes, I do, but I just, I, I, I've, I'm sorry, but I've never watched more than five minutes of soccer in my whole life. Oh, hell, I'll watch anything. I mean, I, I watch curling during the Olympics. He, does. he really does. I don't understand it, but I'm, I'm enthralled by the guy with the broom going sweeping away. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and there's all these, you know, don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but um, so being in Minnesota, land of ice, you know, for 10 months out of the year. We have several curling clubs. Cur- curling's a big deal. Actually, a lot of the Olympic Olympic curlers come from Minnesota. Really? It's, it's huge up here. I love watching it. I wasn't being facetious. I do watch it. I just don't yeah. it is It is a brilliant game yeah. of both strategy and skill. It really is for and, as stupid as it looks. And I love the fact that fat guys like me can still be Olympians. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, I, I would be a defensive lineman. Oh, scoring oh, a touchdown. I would I would absolutely want to hit a home run as a starting pitcher. Cool. I, baseball is baseball is my jam and I uh cool. um to 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 be able to go up there at bat as a starting pitcher and knowing that, you know, most most starting pitchers have a have a batting average of like you know, point zero <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. or something, you know, it, it yeah. I would I would love that. Uh good question from Joe. Yes, of course I do. <laughs> of course. Except when they play the U.S. Come on now. Yes. You know, no, I'm yeah. a little torn. You know, I'm a little like. But you know what? Both sides, anyone that wins, I'm good. Right. <laughs> you can take the girl out of Chile, but. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, guys, we're going to talk right now about this week's notable smokables. Uh, and as always, for our viewers, we you know we talk about a couple cigars we smoked during the last week or so that were interesting to us. They could be brand new cigars to the market or cigars that are staples that have been on humidor shelves for for decades. But you know, we always bring up one or two of them. Uh, guys, you're welcome to participate as well. Obviously, you smoke a lot of Casa Cueva stuff, but it was if there was anything interesting you smoked during this last week, um, you know, we want you guys to chime in as well. Um, my first one this week was actually a recommendation, not a recommendation directly, but learning about, you know, cigars that they enjoy. Some other cigar media guys, Cigar Coop and uh, and Bear Duplissy, they they had 
rave review reviews of the Kristoff Vengeance. Mm-hmm. And I had never tried it. I found it on the shelf at uh, Tobacco Grove, a shop here uh, in the Twin Cities area. I picked one up, and uh, they were not they were not wrong. It's very good cigar. It lives up to its name. You know, the Vengeance name, it's a very strong cigar, extremely bold, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot, very much. And uh, my first one is the uh, Cohiba Royale, uh, new release by Cohiba. And I got to say, after giving it another month, it was my second one that I've tried. The first one was was a good cigar, but when I had it after it sat for a while, Wow. A fantastic cigar. Cool. Cool. So for you guys, is you know, is there anything, you know, interesting that, that stuck in your mind, you know, that you smoked during this last week? Smoked a Nova. Yeah. I, I had the Nova cigar, you know. Um, that was the, the Corona. The, I think it's Leo X. And that one was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. Nova's a brand new company. Yeah. And, um, you know, anyway. Leo is, is, is a wonderful person and she, uh, you know, I, I saw it and I was like, I, I need to try it. So, and, uh, I enjoyed it. I've yeah. Really- I've seen, I've really seen that brand blow up on social media yeah. recently and there, I've heard a lot of good things. Great people. Good people. Great, really, really you know, people. fantastic. Love her and her hair. Her hair is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I envy all of that. <laughs> Uh, on, on my end, uh, we were at uh, Jack Trevano's house recently, and uh, I, get, I get access to stuff. Maybe that's not out yet. This is not out yet. But um, uh, Diesel's coming out with a new Whiskey Row, and mm. and it's not released yet. But wow, um, yeah. I smoked that last Saturday night. Yeah. We were at their house for for dinner, and uh, I was able to get my hands on that. Again, it's not released, but yeah. That was good. Yeah, it was damn good. That was good. Yeah. Um, my other one this week was the uh, uh, the gatekeeper from so mm-hmm. uh, the, the son the sons of Alan Rubin, uh, Alec Bradley, Alec and Bradley have their own uh, brands now. And you know, first a uh, couple of years ago they came out with Blind Faith, and just last year they came out with the gatekeeper. Uh, finally got a chance to try it and was not disappointed at all. Very cool. good cigar. So those uh, you know other, another. You know, uh, family. You know, in the business that yeah. uh, you know, seeing the seeing the sons, you know, get into the business with their dad, and uh, they're they're doing fine work, definitely. That's cool. And, and I love you guys chiming in and telling us, you know, the great cigars that you've had throughout the week. Um, please, you know, uh, continue to do that. That's that's all a part of this. We're, you know, doing this thing together, and this is really for you guys. So I love seeing those uh, cigars that you guys are smoking too. Um, my second one would be the. Uh, I had a Don Arturo. Oh, is that yeah? Just a Don just a Don Arturo. Ar- yeah. Don Arturo. I mean, it's just one of the best Fuentes in the world. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, they're they're consistent and just delicious. So mm. yeah. Um. So we want to give our viewers and listeners a little bit of an idea of some stuff we have coming up uh, here soon. So next week. On June 2nd, I cannot believe we're in June already. I mean, we're pretty much in June already. So uh, a week from tonight on June 2nd, we're going to talk to Tim Swanson. So Tim Swanson has has a great YouTube channel uh, and social media presence uh, called Cigars Daily. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, also, he they're launching you know their own new brand called American Viking Cigars. And we're going to have him on the show, and we're going to talk about American Viking Cigars and talk about Cigars Daily and just excited to get to know him. And, you know, I, I his his channel is infectious. His his personality is infectious. And, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he's he, he makes you excited about cigars when he talks about cigars. So we're really excited to have him on the show and get to know him. Uh, and and we don't actually have any officially scheduled guests after that, but we are working on some dates with some different people. So you know, stay tuned and you know, keep keep uh, keep logging into the website, keep checking out Instagram and Facebook. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're excited to keep you know keep twenty uh, twenty going. And you know, there's been a lot of great stuff happening already this year, even with the you know the lockdown. There's still a lot of good stuff happening. Um, so guys, give give our viewers and listeners. You know, just a final idea. Where where is the best place for them to get all the latest information about Casa Cuevas? And where they can buy them. And where they can buy them, definitely. Oh, gosh. Um, the website is casacuevascigars.com, and um, I, I'm remiss on, on this aspect of it. It hasn't been updated as much as it should have. So we're missing a lot of shops that we're in now that were there. But um, all the major catalogs certainly carry us, and we are – in, in a lot of different locations. Um, Instagram, Casa Cueva Cigars, uh, Facebook, Casa Cueva Cigars. Uh, all the information is always there. Um, my, my email, by the way, is Luis, L-U-I-S, at casacuevascigars.com. You're more than welcome to reach out to me. And if you have any questions about, let's say, a shop that doesn't carry your cigars or an area that doesn't carry your cigars, I'll respond. And I'll try to do the best I can to tell you where we are nearby or maybe uh, an online source that you can get something at, but uh, please keep us in mind. Uh, please give us a shot. Um, again, uh, not the only cigar I want you to smoke. I want you to have other things as well and, and partake of the phenomenal sticks that are out there because it's a great time to be a smoker, as I said earlier. Yeah. But, you know, I, I want to be part of humidor. I want to be part of something that you, you think of when you think of a, of a good premium cigar. And uh, you know, it, it, it'd be a, It'd be an honor to be part of a humidor and for you to, to take your, your hard-earned cash and take a little time with me and, uh, and smoke a cigar and maybe think about it and even, and even shoot me an email and say, I thought this about it, that about it, whatever. I'm op- always open to suggestions, always open to listening. And uh, in the end, I'm a cigar smoker like you guys are. So um, I, I, welcome, I welcome the, uh, the responses and, and the, the feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I – I've had a blast tonight talking to you. I think it's been it's been a great time. I hope you guys had fun on the show. Absolutely. You know, getting to know our viewers and listeners and everything, and and we look forward to you know someday in the future having you back on the show and even you know getting together in an event somewhere and and sitting down together and 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 smoking and sharing a drink together. That would be a wonderful time. Thank you so much, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts yep. and on behalf of all our listeners and viewers. Thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Humbled and, and just amazed, and what a great time! Yes. What a great time! Thank you. So, for all our all our guys who are uh, faithful here on How About That Cigar, as always, thanks for watching and listening. Yep. If you're listening on the audio podcast, take a second and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We're on every Tuesday night live here on Facebook and YouTube. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. Good night, guys. Thank you.